What's up, guys? We're back for another episode of Unboxing the Hobby brought to you by Loop. And interestingly enough, we actually have Eric Doty here with us today. Eric, how's it going, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's it's great. Um, I did say bear with me a little bit. I just got back from Sports Card Expo yesterday, late <laughs> yesterday. So, uh, yeah, just super excited to be here and keep talking about cards. Yeah, we we appreciate you having on, man, and everything you've done for us so far. Um, well, sports card. Let's 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 start there. How how was it? I, it looks like one of the largest shows in North America in general. But uh, how did how did you come out of it? I uh, I went in with almost no expectations. I I wasn't sure how big it was. Never been to it before, and it was way bigger than I expected. And I think what blew me away is just how community centric it is. Like, I mean, it's, you go to another big show like the national or even like mint collective in LA and it feels very corporate. There's a lot of big, highly produced booths with a lot of teams. And it, this just felt way more grassroots, but it was just as big. Like there's just hobby shops from all over Canada, more hockey cards than I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, and it was great. And just, it's so funny, like little things that stand out is just how much people were just standing around talking about cards. It didn't feel overly transactional, um, like some shows can feel. And uh, just minor personal win is uh, the show was just had a great temperature. <laughs> if you've ever been to the <laughs> National, it feels like a hundred degrees in there and it's so stuffy. And there are some certain smells that come with temperatures <laughs> at that heat. Um, but like the show, it felt like it was like in the sixties, maybe low seventies and there are people were walking oh, around with their coats on. It was wonderful. I just uh, had a flashback of the National <laughs> when you said that, of just being drenched in sweat by the end of the night. I would, I, there was probably a good hour at the national where I just stood in front of a fan and <laughs> it was like, I just, just like, like arms up. You're like, I'm, I'm good. I'm not moving from this. You're spot. like, this is the best return of, on investment for my time <laughs> for sure right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, and again, uh, the card breakdown of sport or category was, was mind blowing. Um, you know, a vast majority was hockey and probably Pokemon. And then the other sports were represented. Um, you know, a lot of Blue Jays players um, on, the, yeah. on the baseball tables. But the thing that really blew me away was how much entertainment there was. Well, not just like modern, because Upper Deck's there. Upper Deck, I think, might have been the only manufacturer at the show. So, of course, you're going to see things like the Marvel properties and all the, all the new stuff they're making. But there were cards from shows or shows uh shows and movies i didn't even know it existed like like what um like old tv shows star trek cards i've never seen before there was one guy that just specialized in autographs of the most random celebrities like he had a ray bradbury autograph <laughs> card. that's crazy he, he like he was like yeah i lived in the neighborhood with ray and i had him sign this card and he dated it I was like, I would not sell that. Yeah, I was like <laughs> that, that wouldn't even be my collection forever. Yeah, why is that even in your case? Get it out of there. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, you meant before we get too far into it, but I want to touch on it for a second. You mentioned community, which is what Mac and I always kind of talk about and what we love and enjoy about the hobby in general. But I found that also came through with Loop. But before we get too far into the weeds in Loop, 
tell everyone what loop is loop is obviously our sponsor i enjoy loop i'm on loop now um but for anybody that doesn't know what's loop and i'm a newbie so i'm really curious to hear kind of how you describe it and what i should know about it so if i'm gonna just say it for a general audience that doesn't know anything about cards or breaking i just say that it's a live commerce platform built for shops to sell their goods online and i think that at a base level that is the simplest way to explain it now if you're if obviously if you're aware of what's going on in the in the card space um then i get into things like it's it's a live streaming platform for card shops and dealers to sell their goods through live video but we really focus on the relationship and the community. So we vet all of our sellers. Like if you, we have a lot of people who have applied to Loop. I think we've had over 2000 shops apply and we say, or not shops, but people trying to sell. And we say no to a lot because if you're just out buying blasters from Target and you're trying to bring them back and make a small profit, that's that's not who we want on the platform. And that's no offense to them. Like there are other platforms for that type of experience and that type of seller. What we really want is to invest in the shops who have a brand, who are investing a lot of their own personal capital into buying a ton of inventory. They have allocation, a lot of them have allocation relationships or they have relationships elsewhere they, they can get enough product. And we want them streaming every single day. This This is just like going to your local card shop, but you're going online to talk to them every single day. And I think some things just to prove that I, I feel like we've really gone in the right direction with that is when we onboard new shops, we can take them to a million dollars in sales in less than their first year on the platform. Um, customers on Loop are spending above average against what I would say are market standards. Yeah. They're also spending over 40 minutes a day just sitting on loop and watching, not just buying, but watching what other people are doing, talking <coughs> to stock. the dollars. <coughs> stock. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, it, it really comes down to that word community. So building the relationship, it's not all about just making money. It's about building a fun relationship where you're celebrating the hobby with other sellers and with shops that you trust. And I think that's that's always going to be a thread as our business expands, as we add new features, as we add new ways for shops to make money. At the end of the day, it's only it only matters if you have a good relationship with a customer. Yeah. And, and, you and earn I, that. Like you don't get that day one. Like you have to earn that over weeks and months to prove that I have good prices. I, you know, I'm a business. I need to make money, you know, mom and as much as people like to throw around like profits and how lucrative sports cards and collectibles in general can be, these are mom and pop shops. Like they have kids they're trying to put in college. And that's, again, this is what we care about when we talk about the shops we're bringing on the platform. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree. That's why I, I touched on it. it was my initial entrance into loop was, Oh, well, I'll try out this app. I like breaking cards online. I don't like some of the other options that are out there. And then when I jumped on here and jumped into a couple of the rooms, I noticed a huge difference was there was a lot of people in there just chatting. They didn't even need to buy anything. I've made really great relationships and what I consider friends with some of the breakers online. I talk to them on their cell phones now, things like that. So to be able to 
cultivate that type of community around an app that is technically for profit, you know, it's, it's, uh, it really does remind me of an LCS type experience where I just go in sometimes to my local shop and just chat for 25, 30 minutes before I leave with whatever I bought, if anything at all, sometimes. So, yeah. And to bring it back to sports, sports card expo, what I thought was just really fascinating is there were signs I've never seen before, uh, buying, selling, trading, chatting. <laughs> That's and awesome. Literally, I, I there were multiple uh, tables that had that. And sure enough, there would just be people standing there, clear like no cases, no cards, just standing there talking about their favorite player or their favorite team. And you could hear it. And they just had smiles on their faces the whole time. And I imagine, you know, Canada as a whole is a small market. Um you know, to them, that means the world to them because they don't get a lot of that. Um, and now this is their one one show a year that they go to and just like get to just absolutely nerd out over <laughs> over their favorite stuff with somebody else that gets it. So um, yeah, coming back from that show, I just kept thinking like, this is what Loop is trying to do in an online space. Yeah. So you bring up an interesting point because I I feel like I've started noticing this. I'm just curious if y'all are picking up on it too. It, it do you all feel like the hobby is getting more relational? And I, I, when I ask that, I mean, like, I feel like it was so hyper transactional over the past several years that I feel mm -hmm. like we're almost seeing kind of this wave of a more relational experience. I don't know if y'all are kind of picking up on that, but. Um, so I, I come from 12 years in video games and, you know, that's a massive, massive market. And I think what I notice over time is there are people that fall in the different buckets. There are people who like to play online. Sometimes they probably don't even get on mic and they just play a game, the same game every single day. They just join randoms and, you know, like Call of Duty, they just want to, you know, shoot guns and have fun, win or lose. And then there are people that have their four or five friends that they play with every single day or a couple times a week and they get on mic and they communicate. And then you have people that, do that and they have a larger community. They go on forums and there's probably 50 different people they talk to regularly and they get deep, deep into it. And there's different, you know, there's probably multiple layers. You could go even beyond that, reading news and, and keeping up to date on updates. And what does this update bring to the game? And does it change my favorite guns? So I, when it comes to really big scale communities, I think there's multiple layers. And I think when you saw the hobby really blow up in 2019, 2020, those layers started to reveal themselves for you know a decade plus, it really felt like everyone was kind of the same type of collector. Yeah. And in 2019, you had all these people who were brand new trying to figure out what they were doing. You had opportunists, which no offense to them, just saying there, there are people jumping in like, oh, I, you know, they come from the shoe market or they're coming in and they're just flipping. And that's really all they care about is buy low, sell high. And then you get the people who are, you know, the legacy collectors. And then you get the new collectors who are super into it, but intimidated by, maybe they're intimidated by the legacy collectors. So they start kind of building out their own little community of like, maybe I only collect modern or I only collect this one obscure thing that is fairly new. So long long story short i think 2019 2020 we started to see these layers appear and differences like i explained with the gaming community and then over the last couple of years um 
I feel like those are still there, but everyone just kind of got in the flow of like where they were. And then you saw some of this legacy stuff kind of come back up because that stuff's always relevant. Like everyone's going to talk about the Mickey Mantles um, for till the end of time, as far as this <laughs> hobby exists, Mickey Mantle is always going to be in the conversation, probably Mike Trout, but, you know? So um, yeah, I think the, it's always good to keep in mind. And this is what I've tried to do is your personal experience is not reflective of the experience of everyone else. So it's very easy to say like, I'm a legacy collector and this is what I believe and this is what I do. And I go to my local card shop and this is what I see. But there's so much else that has evolved over the last five years in this hobby that I think it's really good to keep an open mind because there are new collectors who are experiencing this hobby in a way that you've never seen. And I think over time, you know, it's going to be probably another five to 10 years. I think you're going to see more of those distinct types of collectors and collector experiences pop up. And, you know, I think there's people who look at what Loop does, they're like, this is different. And maybe they don't understand it. Um, and that's totally fair because it's the, what we've built feels so new. Um, I was listening to your last, sorry, I could literally ramble on all day. No, please. But, we're, we're, um, no, it's <laughs> about you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but your, uh, your last podcast, um, I forget his name. The guy was talking about the, uh, what breaking used to be oh yeah that was alex i think yeah yeah alex and uh you you know you'd buy in and you probably wouldn't even watch live you were just trusting you know over time you build in trust and then you watch the recording and you know even at that point that seems crazy to me and now we're doing live and you know i think there's going to be further evolutions of this where more and more people um are going to be buying through live experiences and interacting with these big legacy card shops who have just found new ways to build customer bases. So they don't have to rely on the foot traffic of their, their hometown, whether that's big or small, like there is a lot of people buying cards online. So how do you reach them? And I think that's what we do is just tippy the iceberg and there's going to be new and better ways and features that we build that just continue to make this exciting and totally different. And uh, yeah, again, it, it comes down to, I think there are just a lot of different types of collectors with a lot of different experiences and we just happen to be one of them. And I I can't wait to see how all the other communities continue to build and grow over the next decade. Yeah, I, like you said, touched on earlier, like a few little bit ago, it's like your perception is your reality. So like everyone is gonna come into this thing with their own perception and that, <laughs> that makes their reality such. Um, but with you, you have an interesting background with working with Xbox and, Microsoft, but then even before that, I noticed in an article they said you grew up on a dairy farm. So uh, explain how how Eric Doty from the dairy farm <laughs> is now currently, you know, running a a a very well to do app for breaking cards. So Brett on my team makes fun of me because in a lot of interviews, you know, we've been around for three years now, yeah. and I mentioned that I I work on a dairy farm, and it's become an inside joke on the team. So I was actually not going to mention that on this call. <laughs> So for the record, I did not bring that up. <laughs> we asked you if anything was off limits and you didn't mention the dairy. You didn't mention it. Fair game. No, that's, that's my fault. Um, yeah, I grew up uh, I grew up in Western New York um, on a dairy farm. My town was like a thousand people. So um, obviously lived in a lot of cities since then working, working for Xbox. Um, worked on 
the the console side and a little bit on the game side but and then i worked with minecraft for a few years and live video obviously that's that's probably not a surprise to anybody given what what i do today but after 12 years um i was i was a huge collector as a kid i collected sports cards stamps coins comic books you name it i was live in the middle of nowhere what else am i going to do <laughs> um read a lot of goosebumps books that's that's for sure um play a lot of video games but uh i kind of i've always collected various things through my life and um i was starting to get back into collecting uh basketball and baseball cards specifically and of course that's when i found out my mom had thrown all of my cards away which to be fair most probably weren't worth a whole lot i mean i have that that but i know for a fact there were uh those uh what are they called the Derek jeter gold the draft oh, 92 yeah. design i think it's uh, i had a bunch of those so of all the cards those are the ones that hurt the most because if those graded well i mean that's many thousands of dollars <laughs> but uh anyway i was getting back into collecting and i just was surprised how many shops were live streaming you know, I was following these shops and card accounts online. And then I'd get these alerts that they're live streaming. So I started to check them out. And it was really cool to see that people were using live streaming in that way to reach a new audience to sell. And, but it was just very archaic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the price on that? Oh, you don't have a sticky note on it. So how would I know? Um, how do I pay you? Oh, here's your PayPal. Um, oh yeah, here's my all my info in the paypal payment and i have to go back to the stream and confirm that you got it and that you know what i'm trying to rip and it was it was very i wouldn't say it was bad like i like the interaction with the shop I, I like that the ones that are really into it are trying to build a relationship with you but the back and forth talking about the transaction i was like that's sure this is rough and i don't want to leave the experience so that's ultimately what led me to want to build loop is how do we just take the best parts of this and remove everything else or simplify it as simple as possible. Like you can list an item and make a sale within 30 seconds. Let's focus on that as our key metric and make sure it's possible. And uh, that's ultimately what we sought out to do. And now we're, I mean, I, I've been doing loop for about three and a half years now. I mean, that feels forever. <laughs> you could tell me you could tell me it was 10 years or six months and i would probably believe either one of those at this point no we, so i always have this question for people that like make something like this so when you obviously you were online you're seeing the streaming and then you came up with like i need to find i need i want to make something better but when you're telling people about the idea of you making something better was it a lot of like laughs and chuckles or was it like that's a great idea eric like that's a that sounds amazing like which which way did it usually tend to go? I think, and I'm being very honest here. Yeah. I think there's, there was some skepticism. Sure. Because we were, we were coming up right when the market was really doing that big jump in, in early 2020. And everyone's like, of course, like you just want to come in and, and give us another tool and take a cut like every other platform. And we went, no, our, we're going to keep our fees very reasonable. But the difference is we're not fire and forget. Like we vet every shop, we work with you. We work with you on all of your events. 
We help you market your events. We're constantly bringing you new customers. This is not a onboard a thousand people and hey, bring your friends and people that already buy from you. This yeah. is a, we're bringing you on because we have built a certain type of platform with a certain type of audience and expectation around building relationships that we want to bring you on and blow up your business. This isn't, you know, this is mutually beneficial for everyone, to the seller, for us as a platform, for the buyer. Like this, we're building a long-term business relationship with you. Um, and I think once people started to understand that and they started to see the success and see their sales grow, they were like, oh, like this, this company, hopefully it isn't operating like everyone else. Sure. And like, this is someone who's invested in me growing as a business. Um, to the point, like we handle support. Like, again, a lot of these businesses are two, three people at best. Yeah. I mean, there's some that are bigger, obviously, but I'd say the average shop selling is just a couple people. So you, you all kind they... of consider yourselves kind of like a extension of that shop in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that, that take of where, you know, we help you with marketing. We help you with buyer acquisition. We help you analyze your business. Like what do you, Oh, you had a down month. What happened? Like, how do we, how do we help you with that? Um, to the point of like, you know, collaboration and, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they feel the same way. I think some do. And, uh, a lot of the new shops, you know, I think they, they get it right off the bat. Now we, I mean, again, we've had three years to learn how to do this. Um, you know, it's amazing to hear a shop who was selling somewhere, you know, where, wherever it was, eBay, um, other plat other live platforms. And they come to us and they go, my first stream on loop was the biggest sales day I've ever had. And they've been doing it for years. And I'm like, okay, this feels good. Like, this is why we built this. And then they go on, you know, how do you get to get you to six figures in sales a month? How do we get you to a million as fast as possible? Because again, these aren't a lot of people are like, oh, you just want to make money. These are mom and pop shops for the most part. Um, you know, they have kids, they have mortgages, they're paying rent on a shop that's in a small town. Like, I think the more you try to emphasize, emphasize empathize with a shop in that situation the faster you get to like okay i understand what problems you're trying to solve how do i just solve that as fast as possible for you so you're not thinking you're thinking less about business administration you're thinking less about shipping you're you're thinking less about support issues and you have a partner who comes in and like helps you take a lot of that off your plate so you can just focus on selling and growing your business and building relationships with customers. So um, yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head of like, that's, that's what we try to be as much as possible. Yeah. Let's take a quick sponsor break. Are you sick of the hype beast breaker boys? Would you rather talk about sports cards with trusted, respectful sports card stores and dealers from around the U S well, loop is the answer. Loop is an online marketplace where you can buy sports cards, no matter how you collect personal packs and boxes, dollar auctions, group breaks, singles and slab sales, and much more. All of it on one app called Loop. Go try Loop on iPhone, Android, and the web. And the best part is, is you get 10 bucks if you use the stock and trade link to sign up. Find the link in the description of this episode that'll take you directly to the app. So check out Loop. We guarantee you won't be disappointed. Possible. Yeah. And with that extension, do you think, was it, 
is it because of you thinking yourselves an extension of this company or is it something that you guys have done through the vetting process for better or for worse there is a lot less screaming and yelling on on loop when <laughs> for the breakers and that's one of the reasons that i stayed on loop is this is what i enjoyed a nice conversation people getting excited when something was big but not the constant overall yelling and hype of stuff that wasn't necessarily needed to be hyped so is it your vetting is it the extension is it a little bit of both what do you how do you think that kind of just came to fruition yeah i mean that's something that we we really focus on and if somebody wants to yell i mean if they hit a big card obviously yeah. i think i i laughed when you said that because i think for a for a period there it seemed like there was a lot of yelling yeah and then you'd look not on our platform just in the market in general yeah. i think it was a yelling. chapter in streaming was about the hype like <laughs> yeah. that was a yeah. yeah and if i see you yelling like that on a hit that's not that big of a hit not even value wise but you know like for a player or a variation of a card that's not a big hit or a case hit you can definitely like try to get people excited or like if there's sure. you know a really cool antidote about that player but don't scream and go this card is worth this and you know that that card is not worth that value like at that point it's it's deception and manipulation of the customer and that is not something that we're about so i think again leaning on vetting these personalities these businesses that are you know the last thing i want to do is take a customer on the journey of the the potential excitement of getting a big card having somebody scream at you about how valuable that card is and you're all, you know, maybe you don't know any better and you get super hyped up and then you go comp that card and you're like, that's a $15 card. Like, Hey, that's cool. I like that card or I like that player. I like the story about that player, but there was no reason to tell me that was a hundred dollar card. And now you almost, you went too far on creating that, you know, like again, coming from the game space, you went too far on that dopamine hit. You're trying to, you're trying to ask too much of the customer of this relationship and now when they come off that and they realize what you did to them, they're like, well, why did you tell me that? Do you think it, it would be, it was kind of an important chapter in streaming just to get people excited about, you know, tuning into these breaks tuning? Because for a lot of people that, you know, this was new a few years ago, this was not something that was a typical collector experience. Do you almost feel like we had to do that, do, deliver those dopamine hits to get people coming back? I would I would argue that a lot of those people didn't come back. I'm I'm actually one of them, so I I have don't do a lot of online uh, breaking at this point. So, yeah, I I would argue that there was probably a a good chunk of buyers, and not all of them. I mean, I, I think some people are smart; they know they know what it is. But um, yeah, there, there's probably a chunk of buyers who came in, got caught up in that. And at the end was a net negative for them. Not, not even, I'm not talking money or investment. I'm talking just straight up. Like that's an easy way to burn bridges with a customer. Yeah, just experience. Just experience. Yeah. And they're like, well, and, and it gives a bad rap for us again, because I don't want that experience to paint all breakers. And, and I don't think it's been clarified, but not all of loop is group breaks. I would actually, yeah. there's a lot of, you're buying a pack you're buying a box, you're buying singles, 
you're you know you're participating in auctions on single cards and i think that is valuable to have a well-rounded offering because everyone's different and if all you're offering is group breaks or that type of experience all the time i think it's easy to forget that actually a majority of the hobby is actually everything else <laughs> like yeah. uh this is the flashy part but there's a lot of people who are buying just hobby boxes or or packs by themselves because they just want that type of experience and they can't get it because they're not near a shop um, or they live in a remote area, they're traveling or it's 10 p.m. at night and of course no shop's gonna be open. So I actually, I much prefer that experience. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't blame you. If you were if, if you were a customer that, you know, in that period of time bought into that and almost feel burned by it, like that's unfortunate, but you know, I can't blame you. Yeah, it's an interesting world. That's the one thing that I liked about Loop in general is I was more of a hobby box guy. I like personally opening up boxes or personally buying packs. So the group break thing was always so hard. So when I jumped onto Loop, I was like, oh my God, you can open up boxes here? I was like, I don't have to like hop into a break and hope I get a card. Because that was another thing that you can get burned <laughs> to, not just financially from, but it's just not very motivating when you buy into a break and then all of a sudden you come out with nothing. You're just like, cool, that was fun. <laughs> See you guys next time. Yeah. And we, you know, again, uh, we try to set a lot of rules around and guidance for our sellers because at, at the end of the day, we want every single buyer and collector on loop to have a good experience and to feel that to immediately start building that trust of you're not going to get ripped off. This is not the type, you know, that's not the type of buyer we have on a platform and they get it. Like, again, these are, these are smart shops. Like they're, they've seen the success of others and they want to come in and be like, okay, what do I do to make sure that I get new buyers and that those buyers want to come back and buy from me? And it's it's end to end. It's the presentation, the price, the product, um, but also like, how are you shipping? How are you communicating to them? If they have an issue, how do you resolve it? All of that stuff builds very, very quickly toward a growing customer base. Yeah. With, with that- Not just you... yelling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Less yelling. With the market change, obviously, you know, the, the COVID boom happened and there was going to be a pullback at some point and the market has seen it. Have you guys seen a huge pullback in regards to the way as many people are buying on a daily or monthly basis for you? Or has it been less of a a, a huge drop? I mean, if you look at cards in general, the, the the numbers do this. So how is it with you guys? No, year over year, we've we've had, I would say, healthy growth. I mean, that that's important too, because these, these shops are putting their faith in us to bring them, um, you know, new collectors who haven't used this type of experience before, or just new collectors in, in general. Um, so no, we've, we've seen the growth. I mean, obviously every market is going to have an ebb and flow. There's going to be peaks and valleys, but as long as your peaks and valleys grow against the previous peaks and valleys. I mean, that's every business. Like you just, there's going to be those peaks and valleys, but how do you make sure that the peaks and valleys of next year are more than the previous year and the previous, the year before that? So, you know, we try not to worry too much about the hype of it sure. all. Yeah, And it's more of, are we just building a good experience that people want to keep using? And that's, you know, that's important too, is making sure that the people that buy from you want to keep coming back and coming back regularly to spend their money with, with the shops that they really care about. 
You, you talked about kind of multiple different types of kind of experience for the different types of buyers that are on the platform. I mean, where do you, it's, it sounds like content to the end consumer can kind of be consumed in several different ways. And, you know, whether they're wanting to be in a break, whether they're just wanting to to rip a box, whatever they may want to be into. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see like other types of content eventually kind of weaving into this too? I mean, I'm kind of curious of where this can really go if as more shops do start joining streaming platforms like Loop, you know, what all can they eventually be doing on, on platforms like this? I think there's a lot more you can do around the entertainment aspect of it without going into the shouty manipulation aspect that we talked about. But I think there's just a lot more. And I think there's there's going to be a new generation of shops that come up as well that you're going to see, excuse me, you're going to see this where I've I've literally walked in the shops that have been around for decades and you go in and it's it's a little rough. Like it's small, <laughs> might be a little dusty. Everything they don't is want like you a, to be there. <laughs> it's this old, old wood design and they have product and you comp the price and you're like, I think you have allocation, but like, why is your price this? And like, you have like no overhead and you're just, you're just trying to understand what this is. And a lot of those questions come up because I'm being ignored. <laughs> And that's the worst part um, because I've walked in the shops where like, there's obviously someone at the counter and there's, or two people and there's no customers, maybe there's one customer. And I walk in and I'm not greeted and I'm just kind of like, I'm there. And I have to go up and look at what they have, figure out like, okay, what, what do I want to buy today? And I want to say it's negative thoughts, but like I start asking questions Questions that honestly, I should just be super excited about buying cards. And a lot of it comes from because even in that physical location, that that relationship wasn't built. Like so that person didn't greet me. They didn't try to make sure I was having a good time there. It's like, here's our stock. You figure it out. Like, you know what these are. <laughs> and uh, so I think you see a lot of that bleed into, I, I give that context and the point of view, not every shop's like that, obviously, but I think we've all been in good shops and bad shops. Yeah. Um, but those bad shops, you know, they don't really know how to market. They just kind of relied on the fact that they're only they're the only shop there. Um, you know, if you were to put them on a live streaming platform, like would they actually know how to be personable and and build again all the things I've talked about about the shops on Loop? I don't think they would be able to do it. Right. And now we're getting to this point where there's going to be more and more shops who are owned by people who have grown up on social media and video content and live content who are going to start their shop knowing that this is, you know, TikTok's going to be important. Live streaming is going to be important and it's going to be part of their overall strategy. And I think you're going to see, I mean, it, you can already see it today, but over the next decade, you know, these are going to be vital parts of growing a business, whether, I mean, not even sports cards, like just any business that's consumer facing you're going to have to account for that where yeah. I think it was Beckett industry summit. I went to like two years ago and they were still talking to these shops about setting up a Facebook account. <laughs> I'm like, how do you not have that day one? And that's probably not even the most valuable platform anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, I think it's going to be generational and you're going to see these shops really evolve quickly 
over the next couple of decades as like new management takes over or new shops are just started from scratch. You know, with that, with, with your, with this, you know, current iteration of loop, you know, for myself, I'm always like looking for ways to change and evolve and grow. What do you do on a daily basis for inspiration or where do you go to, to like, see what's happening next to try and, you know, keep this evolving. Cause like you said, if you, like a shark, if it's going to stay still, it's probably going to die at some point because there's going to be someone that leaps and bounds over your current your current iteration. So what, what are you doing on a daily basis? I mean, I look at every social media platform. I look at other live platforms. Like I'd be crazy if I said I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of, not only to see like who's out there doing things different, who are the good shops, you know, think people we should be looking at potentially for our platform, but also just seeing what people are doing wrong. And um, and there's some like, there's some subjective things too. I know there's there's criticisms out there of certain shops or certain aspects of the hobby where somebody would be like, I don't like this. Sure. And I like to read those because I'm like, okay, are you being unreasonable? Are you saying that because it's just very different, you know, of your reality of what you experience day to day? Or is this like a valid criticism of the market or a valid criticism of whatever shop or platform you're talking about? And if so, like, how do we avoid that? Or how do we do better? Or maybe it's something that you're criticizing that everybody does. And we go, maybe we can rethink that. Maybe there's a different way, again, constantly evolving. Maybe there's a different way no one thought about or a different way to talk about this that might actually make it better for everyone. And so, yeah, ev everywhere. Um, I think if you if you're not constantly trying to learn and evaluate and see trends, positive or negative, um, you know you're not doing justice to not only my business but the shops that have put their faith in us. Like I'm ultimately building for them, and that's yeah. you know that's important to keep in mind. You you know you touched on something that I found interesting too. Uh, so Jeff Wilson opening up, he's spending three million plus dollars and opening up this gigantic thing in Atlanta. But I've also seen on the flip side some people that I'm really close with that are opening up smaller versions of this in different cities. Like they'll be streaming, they'll be selling you know cards, they'll be doing all this stuff. Is this what the next generation of shops is going to look like in your mind? Do you think is this are we going to go away from just you know even a nice version of a shop that sells hobby boxes and cards and all that? Well, I think there's a place for a shop to always consider where else they can make money. I mean, that's, that's why you're starting a business. I mean, not that people aren't doing it because they're very passionate about it and they are very lucky and thankful to be able to make money in something they're super passionate about. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a business. And I think live streaming whether it's personals or group breaks whatever it is live streaming in general is the new ebay of what ebay was 10 or 20 years ago so yeah. hey you're selling your local community and you're buying and selling singles as well why wouldn't you put some of your inventory on ebay like if it's gonna move <laughs> you know it, it, instead of sitting on your shelf you know a card sitting in your shelf for uh you know maybe you don't have a lot of people in your I don't know, New York that want to buy Dallas Cowboys cards, but you have a couple good good hits and you want to sell those, put them on eBay where you're going to get the most visibility from people that are looking for those players. And so again, I just kind of see it as this is the new normal. 
Um, sure. If there's a shop that doesn't want to live stream, I don't blame them, but I do think it's it's something they have to consider, and I think it's smart. Now, it's again, it's the new. You're going to sell some. You're going to have a website. You're going to have a Facebook page. You're going to have an eBay account, and now you're probably going to be selling live on some platform. I was actually going to say that I almost feel like it's a necessary element of being a successful LCS at this point is you almost need to have something. Um, I, I actually can't think of hardly any card shops that aren't streaming that I know they, have, you know, they're almost turning into little media centers, media companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, most definitely. Uh, Eric, let's talk a little bit about like you as an entrepreneur. Cause I always like this portion of it in regards to what we do is when people are listening or trying to figure out what they're going to do next, like, do you, talk to a lot of people or try and do mentor people on a regular basis that are looking to try and do things in their lives, similar to what you've done so far with yourself entrepreneurship wise. Not, I guess I wouldn't say I don't have like an ongoing regular meeting where I'm mentoring people, but I do get that question a lot. Um, I mean, just this weekend when I was in, in Toronto, I met a guy out. I mean, I was just out watching hockey at a, a bar and we, he happened to be working uh, in the Blue Jays organization and we were just talking, you know, this is what I do. And he was like, hell yeah, man, like, that's awesome. And he's like, and like everybody is like, I, you know, I, you know, in 10 years, I want to be doing this. And like, how, how do I get there? How do I do this? And I love that conversation because it's, people are generally friendly. If they're already at that level in the conversation, they're friendly. But the moment you see them talk about the thing they're actually passionate about, they light up. And it's so energizing to see that because you're like, oh, okay, like I'm not just having a conversation like small talk, like I'm talking about something that might literally change your life if you decide to pursue it. So as a human being, I should probably take that seriously. (laughs) Um, So I love that stuff. And, you know, we talk through like, okay, well, how would you tomorrow? Like, how would you take steps toward your goal? How, where do you want to be in six months or a year? And yeah, so I, there's no like consistent mentorship that I do, but I will say when those conversations come up and they come up pretty often, anytime I go anywhere, because of course it's gonna be like, what do you do for a living? <laughs> like <laughs> I build a platform for shops around the U.S. to sell more, more product and, and, you know, help, help sustain and grow their business. And yeah, that's just really exciting again to just see people get really passionate about what they actually want to do. And I'm like, okay, well, if I have 10 minutes with you, how can I impact your life so that in a year you can be like, hey, yeah, this conversation I had with this random dude who also ran a business, like he really helped spark that fire then for me to go do it. Like I'll have those conversations all day, every day. Yeah. And what what keeps you, I mean, you're 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 a success. You've hit this level of this app where it's successful, like you said, year over year. But what keeps you motivated to keep coming back year over year? Because I know a lot of people that once they hit a certain level, sometimes just plateau or can't do it. But what keeps you motivated to keep coming back year after year? I think there there are these reminders that pop up and they always pop up at the right time. You know, I'm not going to say running a business is easy. Like, it's not like there's there are definitely <laughs> days or weeks where you're like man i should i just stayed at microsoft what am i doing here <laughs> working for myself and and running a team and helping all these businesses but um 
it's very, very cool to hear a business who was like, hey, you know, loop looks interesting. I'll try it out. And then, you know, they're again, just recently they had one stream that was their most successful day ever. Like, okay, this is why we do it. This is why I get up in the morning. I want to create thousands of these stories. I want to do this for thousands of shops. And yeah, I mean, that that's what gets me up every day is, is you know, I want to get out of bed and I want to go work and I want to hear shops and individuals be happy. And like, you know, it's not... And I guess to flip it on the, the other side from the from the customer or the collector standpoint is I went to the national and I met one of our biggest buyers. He spent far more than 99% of the people on the platform. <laughs> and I went into this thinking like, I got to be really, I, I dress in t-shirts and shorts every day. Like I'm not a buttoned up individual. And I walked into this event and I'm like nervous because I know this guy's going to be there. I'm like, I, I want to make sure you're happy. I won't go up and go to shake his hand. And he's like, oh, you're Eric Doty, Zilla on loop. You're, you own the place. I'm like, yeah, man, I, I know who you are. It's, it's great to finally meet you. This dude gave me the biggest hug I've ever had. And he's like, I love loop. You have the best sellers. I was just talking to hit seekers and I was talking to Casa Breaks, a couple sellers we have on the platform who are at, at the event. And he's like, I just, I love you guys so much. You you make my day. You make my week. Like I'm, I always want to get on the platform. I just have the best time. And like it was, it was crazy because I just went in thinking again. I mean, you've heard me talk. I'm not big on the transactional side, but when somebody spends that much on their passion, I'm like kind of like real nervous about it. And this dude was just like that made my month. Like I was, I was beaming after that. I was like, this is cool. Like I, I already. I hear it from the seller side and I, and I know what our goals are for the seller side, but from the collector side, you don't hear as much like other than like, Oh, you got a big hit. That's awesome. Or you sold a card, but like to have somebody literally walk up to me and like swap my hand away and give me a big hug, this random guy I've never met in my life. I was like, okay, we're doing something special here. And that, you know, again, like that, that's the stuff that makes me want to get up and be better every single day. That's great. Oh, man, I, I really appreciate this, Eric. Before we go, I, I want to say that like we appreciate the opportunity you've given us as a sponsorship. And I want to make sure that people understand like this interview isn't just because Eric and Loop are now our sponsors. Like he reached out to us and I felt very everything you're hearing right now, the passion, the interest was in this message that Eric sent to us about you know, how much he liked what we were doing and really wanted to chat with us. And there's some things that he might want to talk about. And I really like that because a lot of people reach out to Mac and I all the time. And I say no to a lot of people because I'm just like, I'm not working with you. You obviously just want to be transactional for whatever reason. But um, man, I really appreciate you hopping on this and sharing your story and uh, let everyone know where they can go to either you know visit Loop or the the shop in Miami or you, how they can contact you, things like that. Yeah. So uh, the company is Loop, L-O-U-P-E, if you didn't already see that written out somewhere. Uh, the website is Loop the App, or you can just search in the apps, uh, iOS and Android app store, um, L-O-U-P-E. And like you actually mentioned, I don't think I talked about it. We do have a shop in Miami. Um, it's kind of our just a single flagship location. And it's really meant for us to um, 
show off the brand and what we stand for. Um, we try to be the, you know, I think there's multiple shops now that say <laughs> the shop of the future. Um, a lot of sports games going on, but also the fact that we use it to learn, you know, about the experience of learning, you know, learning about what the shops we work with deal with day to day and month to month of like, yeah, we know it firsthand. Um, so yeah, if you haven't checked out the app yet, please do. Um, and yeah, hope you have a good time and let me know if you didn't. Our, I, I see most of the support emails that come through um, the tickets still. I mean, we're a small team, so um, we're going to keep it that way. Like we, we want to be very hands-on. Well, awesome, man. Again, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, Mac, you got anything before we're out here? I'd say this is a great opportunity for any kind of shameless plugs. If anything else, you uh, so you got the app, get the website, anywhere else uh, people can go to learn more about you or kind of follow your journey. Um, the the app social channels are going to be the best. The best Twitter, Twitter, Instagram. It's just loop the app. And uh, we do have a really, I assume this will be out by then. We have a Black Friday event coming up very soon in partnership with PSA. Um, you'll see more details about that dropping soon, but uh, really, really excited to close out this year strong. And uh, we have some big plans next year as well. So yeah, follow those accounts. You're going to see a lot of talk about new features and new experiences coming um, after the new year. Awesome, man. Thanks again, dude. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks guys.